Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Last three uh, series, uh, three weeks, and that has been silence and solitude which is just finding quiet time and alone time uh, with God for even five minutes, 15 minutes, just to allow things to, to go to the, bring to the surface, good, bad, ugly, and, and just help process those things so that we can um, silence the noise within because life is crazy noisy out there, but it's also crazy noisy in here. And sometimes um, being in silence can actually be quite intimidating for some people too because the, the internal noise is so loud. It's why people need to default to distraction or entertainment to help quiet the noise within but silence and solitude is a practice to help us gain mastery over that area so that we can have silence in our soul so we can hear the spirit of God and we don't need distraction because distraction just simply dulls the senses of our spirit but we need to make sure that we are engaging in these practices and and all these practices we see in the life of Jesus that's why they're spiritual disciplines because we are mimicking and following uh, Jesus's example he left for us the second one we looked at was the sabbath and the sabbath is not a a religious or legalistic swear word it's actually one of god's greatest gifts that we could use um, in our life where we just put aside a 24-hour period and just uh, enjoy life enjoy the life god has for us enjoy our our family and our friends and we're not thinking about work we're not thinking of task or to-do list we're simply being present with the beauty of life before us and doing things we love to do engaging with things that make our soul alive and so it's something that we then look forward to for the whole week that we don't we no longer just have a day off but we have a sabbath to intentionally enjoy it's like a mini christmas day once a week uh, throughout the year which is awesome and then last week we looked at um, simplicity which was just simplifying our life, whether that's to do with our stuff, and, and we looked at the, the four compartments so we can break down our stuff into. If we go through our closet, go through our our, our, our whole cupboard, our linen press cupboard, or, or our garage, and we have four boxes of what am I going to give away, what am I going to sell, what am I going to throw out or recycle, or what am I going to just keep in my maybe box because I'm just not sure what to do with it. And we sort of declutter on a physical sense um, our life so that we just live with what's most important and what we actually need rather than just overstimulating our life with stuff. And so then looking at that same principle on a schedule level, where do we spend our time? And looking on a financial level, where do we spend our money? Because our time and our money are two of our most precious resources that we have and that God would encourage us to steward well with wisdom. And so doing this practice with our schedule, with our time, and with our finances and our budget is really good. All right, what can I, what can I give away in my schedule? What can I just not do? What, what can I... Um, uh, it doesn't really apply really because you're not going to recycle money. But you know what I'm saying? The principle of just cutting out the unnecessary things to live a more simple life with our time. And, um, and today we're going to look... At at uh, slowing and just slowing the overall pace so that we don't live an unnecessarily hurried life. And the feedback we've had um, has been incredible. Like people, um, you guys have been telling us, we love the content, we love the context, we love the teaching and what's coming out. This is really great. But also, the feedback I'm getting from a lot of people once they're implementing these things or attempting implementing these things are not as equally awesome. 
In fact, it's causing people probably more trouble than they had before they started these principles. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Like, people will say the silence and solitude thing has really stirred up a lot of emotional stuff for me. Has really brought to life some things I thought were dealt with, but now I've got them in front of me and they're causing me stress and anxiety and tension and, uh, and, and, and the Sabbath thing is just too hard because I'm so busy and I've got this thing on and that thing on and, and I've run a business or I've got all these sorts of things and I just can't do it. And, and so there's been these, this kickback, not a kickback in a negative sense, but just this sort of like this feedback of it's actually been really hard. And I think that's, that's okay. It's like... God gives us principles that exist in creation that point towards similar things that are true in the spirit. And, and, and physically, when we exercise and we start new exercise, what happens? It's not pleasurable. It's painful, right? We get sore. It hurts. But it's good pain because it's pain that's leading to our strength. It's pain that's, that's leading to us being healthier and fitter and stronger and more powerful. And so these practices are spiritual exercises. So it's, it, makes stand, it stands to reason that they might be hurtful or painful as you start because it brings up these emotions or brings up these thoughts or brings up these things. And, but I would say if we're pushing into Jesus and it's causing pain, it's a good pain. Because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And I would much prefer to lean into Jesus and be painful than to pull back from him and somehow live easier. Because I know at the other end of our pushing in and leaning in, um, we will get stronger, we will get healthier, we will, the pain will become less and less as we deal with the things in the flesh we need to deal with, which is what these spiritual practices are all about, denying the flesh so that we can elevate the spirit and connect with God. So, so if that's your experience... That's okay. That's okay. And if the Sabbath is too much, start with four hours of dedicated time a week where it's just enjoyment. It's just life. It's just good things. It's just nice. Silence and solitude. Just start with two minutes if you can. I think it's about progress, not perfection. It's about just being participating in these spiritual practices and disciplines and exercises in order for us to grow in our faith, grow in our likeness of Christ, and be more of who He's called us and created us to be. So week four, our last one, we're going to play the video right now, uh, How to Unhurry, part four is slowing. Thank you. Welcome. You made it to the last of four tutorial videos for how to unhurry. Some just very practical exercises. Begin to move into four practices from the way of Jesus for unhurrying your life. Silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and now we come to slowing. Now, if you pick up any book on the spiritual disciplines, or what I prefer to call the practices of Jesus, and you look up the list, you will see silence and solitude, you will see Sabbath, and you will likely see simplicity. You will not likely see slowing. It is a more recent addition. I come to it through teachers like Richard Foster, whom I love, the author of The Celebration of Discipline, or John Ortberg, who's a hero of mine, who have been for a number of years, a few decades now actually, teaching on this idea of slowing our mind and our body down to the pace of Jesus. If you think about it, a spiritual discipline or a practice of Jesus is anything that is based on the life and teachings of Jesus as they come
come to us through the four Gospels. So technically, nature walking is a spiritual discipline. Eating dinner with your friends is a spiritual discipline. Sleeping is a spiritual discipline, one that I love. Just habits of mind and body to present ourselves before God for his spirit to do a deep inner work of healing and salvation. And so slowing, by that definition, is a spiritual discipline. You read the four Gospels. Jesus was not in a hurry. In story after story, he's open to interruption. He's relaxed. He's present. He's calm. He's wise. He's attentive. He's compassionate. None of those things are true of us when we are in a hurry. In our busy, hurry, overload, frenetic, go, 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 workaholic, materialistic, digital addiction culture that we call home, the need of the hour is for the spiritual discipline or the practice of slowing. And the basic principle behind these few exercises that I have for you, all of which are a little bit goofy, if I'm honest, is very simple. Slow down your mind, slow down your body, slow down your life. Meaning in biblical theology, you are a human being. You're not just a mind, an enlightenment mentality. You're not a dualism of a spirit stuck in a body in Greek kind of philosophy. You are a human being. You're a soul. Soul in biblical theology, contrary to what many people realize, is your whole person. Material, immaterial. Your mind, your body, your heart, your emotions, your will, this part of us that doesn't show up under a microscope, and your skeletal system, and your nervous system, all of this stuff that does, right? You are a whole person. Your body, Paul writes in the New Testament, is the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning this is what Hebrews called embodied spirituality. We meet God in the temple of our mind, our body, our humanity. So as we begin to slow down our mind, our thinking, our thought life, and slow down our body itself, not just through mental exercises or spiritual disciplines as we think of them, but even just our body, how we move through our day, we begin to come down to the pace of Jesus. So a few exercises to get you started with slowing. The first is just to pick one to three little games to incorporate for a week or so at a time. So in the book, I have a list of 25 ideas, right? Some of them are really goofy, just like drive the speed limit, which is technically, you know, obey the law and come to a full stop at a traffic light or get in the slow lane on purpose or at a grocery store or any kind of a market, get into the longest checkout line and just wait there and don't take out your phone. Just wait, pray, be present, chat to the person next to you in line or the checker or whoever is there. Just these little goofy games, again, to slow yourself down and just never forget the heart behind this. Similar to say a spiritual discipline like fasting, one of the reasons that we deny ourselves what we want, in the case of fasting, it's food. In the case of slowing, it's to check our phone, speed, do something else, multitask, whatever, kind of get that hit, that rush, that feeling of productivity. We deny ourselves what we want of our own free will of volition. No legalism, nobody forcing us. So that when we are denied what we want against our free will or volition, by a boss, by life, by a breakdown of our car, by a delayed flight, by illness in our body, whatever is out of our control, which is so many things, we don't erupt and react with anger, fear, hypersensitivity, because we're used to not getting what we want. We've begun to train our mind and our body to just be content and happy in God and grateful for whatever 
comes. So exercise one is just pick a few things. Make up your own. I have a list in the book of ideas, and I put a shorter list in How to Unhurry. But make up your own list. Have fun with it. Pick one, two, three things, and then dedicate, say, a week to this week. I'm going to come to a full stop at a stop sign. This week, I'm not going to take my phone off when I'm in line for anything or whatever it is. Exercise two is to cut one to three things out of your weekly or regular schedule. Just look at your life, look at whatever your schedule is, how you spend your days. My guess is you have something in writing or at least in your mind or your imagination or memory. This is how I spend my day, my night, my morning. This is how I spend my week or my month. Just pick one, two, or three things and kill them. Murder them in nonviolent Christ-like love. Just pick out a few things. A book club that you don't really need to go into or an extra sports thing or TVs and a really easy place to start or limit your TV time or whatever it is. Just cut a few things out of your schedule, again, to slow down your mind, slow down your body, slow down your pace to the way of Jesus. Third exercise and the fourth both have to do with your phone. Number three is to turn your smartphone into a dumb phone. Again, you might think this is a ridiculous idea, and these are just ideas, best practices, some suggestions for you to take or to leave. You might think, why would I spend all of this money for an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy or whatever nice, high-end, expensive phone it is that you have, and then make it not as good? Well, I could list all sorts of reasons, and I do in the book, but there are really easy ways to take your smartphone and take what they originally were, which was basically a phone for text messaging and an iPod, and then to add in a few of these really amazing things like maps and maybe a check-in for a flight or a way to get around town and a ride-sharing app or something like that. But to cut out all of the distraction, the instant message alerts, the news alerts, the text messaging, the social media, the constant stimuli, and to simplify your phone where it's no longer a master, but it's a, it's a tool that you use to live a better life. I have some very practical write-ups for how to do this in exercise three. And finally, exercise number four is to what I call parent your phone. I'm a parent. I have three children. They're getting older and older, but still, they go to bed before I go to bed, and they get up after I get up. And so we put them to bed at a certain time. We have to enforce it because, God bless my kids, they will not go to bed on time. They never once have said to me, I'm tired. I think I'll just go to bed at 8 p.m. or whatever. We have to say, kids, it's time to go to bed. And I normally get up long before the family does to begin my day. And in the same way, we have to parent our phone, meaning put it to bed, so to speak, put it to sleep, put it away, out of sight, out of mind, before we go to bed. All sorts of great scientific data says we should do it anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half before we attempt to sleep. And then again, after we wake up in the morning, and I would argue after we've spent time in God's presence, whether that's that's an hour of reading scripture, Lectio Divina, listening prayer, contemplative prayer, or just five minutes where you read a psalm, look out the window, thank God for the beauty of the day, and begin our day in stillness. Wherever you're at is beautiful. But to put your phone away and to not turn it on until after you've had time not only to sleep, but to rest in God. The two most important times, neurobiologists tell us, for our mind, for what they call neurogenesis, literally the creation of new neurons in our brain that lead to creativity, imagination, vision, clarity, wisdom, love, and compassion, are right before we go to bed at night, whatever our 
mind is thinking about as we go to sleep and right when we wake up in the morning. Those are two beautiful times in our day to give our attention to the love of God, to the voice of the Spirit, to the truth of the Scriptures, to whatever it is, just to end our day resting in God and begin our day resting in God. But to do that, we often have to put away our phone. We have to go out and buy an old-school analog alarm clock. My wife and I each have one on the side of the bed like it's 1988 or something like that, and I have never felt more free. So those are just some ideas. Again, take it or leave it, but I would at least encourage you to try it. You might not like these ideas at first. You might love them. Just give them a try, and if you've done it for a few weeks or a few months and you feel it's helpful in your journey with Jesus and your emotional health, your pace of life, wonderful. If not, great. Don't worry about it at all. The key is just to do whatever we can to steward our mind, to steward our body, our money, our time, our resources, and above all, our attention to the reality and the goodness of Jesus, to slow down our pace, to take on his easy yoke, and to experience what Jesus called life and life to the full. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to see you soon. Awesome. So I know you didn't clap uh, this week um, after last week. Um, thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Amy. Anna. Hi. Welcome. Um, so if you, this is your first time doing, uh, being here for this series, uh, what we like to do is um, watch the video, get the content, because he could say it far better than I ever could, and, and then we just chat about um, how this has really affected us in, in our life, and, uh, and then we'll have communion together to really solidify uh, the challenge that is before us all um, to you know, have a crack at these things to help us gain a better life balance. So, I feel like you're talking too fast, basically. Should we talk? They're going to edit the podcast so they can just slow it down in editing okay. software. So yeah, that's fine. Half speed. Tell us what well, I think you're thinking about really this. really interesting because I actually think that this one sets the tone for all the other practices that they've gone through because once you start the slowing down, then silence and solitude becomes easier and Sabbath becomes easier. And the simplicity thing kind of works in with that. But I think that this one is actually the beginning, even though it's the end. For me, it's been the most helpful one. And I think it's so true what they say about it's such a, well, a relatively new concept because up until a few centuries ago, the fastest that anybody could travel was on a horse. And so in that time, then we've progressed to trains and cars and aeroplanes. And now with technology, like, Text messages travel at the speed of light, apparently. So we have instant communication. I could be talking to someone in Germany right now if I wanted to, but you know, it's, it's, that's a relatively new um, idea when you consider how long it was before all of that. So um, I think even on that point too, like I think, like I said, a couple of hundred years ago. From then to like the dawn of time, exactly. it's been relatively the same pace. Yes. So these last couple of centuries have just been exponentially faster. And we haven't changed as how a human being is and is made up and how it functions, but we've had to adapt. And, and I don't know if this increased pace has done much for our health um, in the name of progression. And so I think this is a good exactly. practice. Exactly. Actually, interestingly, last night I was looking at um, burnout statistics 
and it's at an all-time high and it's getting worse. And I think this has so much to do with it, especially with millennials. 50% of millennials would say that they experience burnout. And burnout's in relation to your workplace and things like that. But I think all of these other things add into that. And I think this concept of slowing down is countercultural because everything we're constantly, everything's at our fingertips, we're overstimulated, we're like it's such a discipline because also busyness is a badge of honor. It's like it's like busyness is equated with success um, culturally. So it's such a I guess it's it, it's a battle of our identity as well to choose slowing down to go. I'm not going to be tied up. My identity is not going to be tied up with my business, with my job, with how I perceive my life is perceived to look, but. Actually, I'm going to do what's best for my soul and um, and choose the way of Jesus. And I think, yeah, it's been life-changing for me. Honestly, this has been life-changing because I am a task-orientated person. I have lists every day. I, I start my day with a list, whether I'm at, at home with Oak on a certain day or I'm at work or whatever. I'm a list person. And so, like, I would be... Um, always living one step ahead so I'm doing a task but I'm not actually present in that task I'm just trying to get it done and in my head I'm already thinking about the next thing or the next thing after that that I'm trying to get done and so I felt felt like I'm literally living at this high throttle like um, idling high state where it's almost like this I don't know how to explain it, but it was just this feeling of like always rushing and like, and then what happens is then I end up steamrolling the people around me, my children in particular, because I'm busy and I'm like trying to get here going, hurry up, why aren't you? And I'm expecting them to, to understand what I'm doing, where I'm going and wanting them to live at this speed as well. And it was just such a chaotic way to live and such a, a destructive way to live, I guess. So it's honestly been life-changing for me. I actually had a nap in the day the other day. I never do that, but I, I know, but I'm like giving myself permission. This is my day off. And I laid down with Oaken instead of going, right, he's asleep, I can get 20 things done in this time. I actually, it was a discipline for me to go, I'm gonna give myself permission to lie down and nap with him. And um, it's a journey, I've only done it once. Yeah. C.S. Lewis is quoted as saying, hurry never aids our work, it only impedes it. Yeah. I think that's that sort of says that really succinctly. And um, it's living at, the, at that pace. It's like sometimes we have to hurry because we're late or whatever, but it's that constant right. rhythm that we find ourselves in. If it's too, like you said, like idling high um, as, as the baseline, that's problematic. Yeah. Um, I love this quote. This is from the podcast that this is uh, related to. It says that Jesus was relaxed present, calm, wise, attentive, compassionate. And none of these things are true of us when we're in a hurry. It's good, hey? So think about when you're in a hurry. Are you relaxed? Are you present in the moment? Are you calm? Does wisdom just flow out of you? Are you attentive and compassionate? That's, that's a challenge for me, totally. So, yeah, mm. and I think you said it in week one that... Um, most of us think that we're walking with Jesus and we're walking in step with him, but we're usually walking five steps ahead of him. And we're actually not 
aware of his presence, aware of, his, of the voice of the Holy Spirit, or aware out in front going, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going now, Jesus bless it. God bless what I'm doing here, instead of pulling back and going, let's walk together here. What do you want to tell me about this? And slowing down to actually be so aware of the world around us. And it's amazing just how, um, like the other day, it's such a small thing, but I was crossing the road and usually I would just be in a hurry, hurry, hurry. And I was just like actually early for work and um, because I was organized enough to be, but... um, and I just looked back and I saw this older gentleman and he was there was no crossing. And I was just like, crossed the road and I turned back and I was like, he was actually frightened to cross the road because cars were coming around the corner quite quickly. And I went, I'm actually going to go back. It was just this little voice that just said, just turn back and see if this guy's okay. Yes. I went back and helped. The, I said, are you okay? Do you need to cross the road? And he said, yeah, the cars are just coming so fast. We had a walking stick. I just helped him cross the road. And it was just a nothing... Thing, but I thought, wow, if I was that, just the little changes that happen daily, and he was so grateful, yeah. cross the road safely. And I think, oh, that's that's the way I want to live my life every day, just to be so aware of those little needs around me, and I'm not in such a hurry, and I'm not in my own little world that I'm just oblivious to all of those things. Gosh, you're a beautiful human. <laughs> I didn't know that story. You didn't tell me that story. No. That's cool. I like that. Um, I, I kind of like, and he, he did say, which was, which is cool because he's right. These these goofy things to try, these little <laughs> games to play to to help us unhurry, and things like driving the speed limit. Um, that's probably more profound than, than he would take credit for. Like we did this yesterday, didn't we? We were driving to the mm. jetty. You know when you drive past the jetty theatre and you get to the hill. The, um, there was a train crossing and there was cars and we went, I said, turn right here, like at the Beer Hotel and go around the other way. And, it, and just, cause I said, there's a train, you're gonna have to wait. And we turned to the corner and we went, oh my gosh, we should have actually gone and practiced waiting. And Justin goes, we're doing it. And so we did a Yui and went back and we actually stopped and waited for the train. I'm like, we're teaching this stuff and we're still like, it's such a journey yeah, and it's gonna take like they said, this Sabbath thing, it takes six to eight months to really get into that idea of the Sabbath. And I think all of these things, it's just daily just going, oh, I didn't you know, miss the mark on that one or whatever, but God, what do you want to show me today? What can I do? And yeah. I love the, the, the parallel that he uses of, of fasting, how we, you know, this practice of slowing down is, is denying ourselves by our own free will and intention um, of things that we would like or, or preferences or whatever, um, so that when we are inconvenienced beyond our control, we're not going to overreact. Um, so that we're used to being slow, we're used to being inconvenienced, we're used to waiting at the traffic lights, and so all of a sudden we're not blowing up or getting angry because we live at a slower pace where we are able to be inconvenienced without it being a major deal for us. Um, and so I think that has been really helpful for me just to gain mastery over my own discipline and my own person, um, so to be that little bit slower. And you don't save that much time by rushing. Like, I, I, when we do road trips, like, I hate the journey. I love the destination. So I'm like working out what is the fastest legal speed I can go on the highway. Um, like, am I going to get booked for five kilometers over? Well, I'm going to go four kilometers over. Um, and just because I want to get there in time, so I'll overtake and, and all sorts of things like that. And when I get there, I realize 
over that three or four hours, I probably saved myself five minutes. Mm. But the whole trip, I'm on edge, making sure that I'm keeping it at 114 the whole way and, and overtaking slow people. And I'm like, really? All that anxiousness and all that stress for five minutes of time. It's like, mm. I could just stop and enjoy my kids arguing in the back. <laughs> uh, are we there yet? And uh, so, yeah, I think it's cool. Mm. Final did thoughts you, from you. Did you read this? There's not a lot that can be done in a hurry that can't be done without it. Be present to the moment. It's not about laziness. It's about focusing all your attention on one thing at a time and realising that in that you actually become more efficient. It's good. Practical things that we've done, that you've done. Um, doing a U-turn to go back to the train <laughs> crossing. Uh, I... I Full honesty, I think his concept of um, parenting my phone—that's that's a real challenge for me. Um, and I mean, I deleted social media at the start of this year, and that's been the biggest blessing ever. Um, but beyond that, like, I have a hard time getting to sleep once I'm asleep. It's all cool, so, so I have this filthy habit of just like going to bed and I'll just chuck a movie on my, my phone to watch a movie till I fall asleep or watch a YouTube thing or watch whatever and I know that it's wrong and blue light infectiously but it's, but it's a filthy habit I've found myself in so um, that's going to be a real challenge for me that's, that's going to cause that this probably, you're probably thinking oh that's so pathetic but it's going to cause me pain emotionally to, to disconnect from that and lie there going I you wish I was right. asleep I <laughs> wish I was watching a movie um, but so I, I, that's something I, I need to have a crack at but I know it's going to be hard for me to do that because I use my device unhealthily to help me get to sleep mm. yeah. so we have to because oh yeah I'm just honest. saying what you've done I think I yeah. um, I've set up the parenting my phone thing I've set it to turn off most apps at 8 o'clock. I was on the phone to Vicky the other night. I got this alert. I was like, I'm 5 to 8. <laughs> I'm like, if the phone cuts out, because I've put it on, um, I'm parenting my phone, and sure enough, it cut out just at the last minute. Managed to say goodbye. All right, it's gone. <laughs> the tricky thing is you can very easily go tap, ignore time limit for today. But I'm working on it. I've set it from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., like family only can contact me. Little things like that. Keeping work days, work days. Trying to actually enjoy my days off with my family. Not reply to emails, not reply to text messages and just be disciplined in that. Be present with my kids and yeah, it's good. It's tough. It's tough. It's, it's, tough. it's tough. It's not easy but it's so, like already after a few months, it's honestly been life changing. Mm. Awesome. Hey, we're going to just do communion together now as we, as we close. Um, and if you're not comfortable with this or if you know this is a bit weird for you, that's okay. Like, this is, you don't have to partake in these things, but we just uh, really want to, the Bible teaches us to do this particular practice in remembrance of Jesus. And, um, and so we just want to solidify and remember Jesus in this whole process of this series um, because in Him we live and move and have our being. And so one final thought I, I want to share as we do this together is um, uh, I play golf. Not very often and not very well. Um, uh, Jono, however, plays golf a lot more often and he's a lot better than I am. Jason Murray is another great golfer. Sergio Navarro, we played golf the other week. And 
Don't talk about that? Okay, we'll move on. Um, I've got the scorecard in the car, in the car if you want to. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do enjoy the sport of golf. And one thing I've learned about golf is um, it's easy to know what to do. It doesn't take long for you to realize, okay, this is the correct stance, this is the correct grip, and this is the correct swing that I need to do in order to have the best result from hitting that ball. Um, the mechanics of golf are not that complex to get in theory. The hard thing is getting it from your head into your body. Getting that knowledge of the mechanics of how you should grip and swing into the muscle memory of how you actually do that. That's, that's the tricky thing. And similarly, that's what discipleship is like. In theory, we can understand what it is to follow Jesus. We can have it all up here. I know that I should read my Bible. I know I should pray. I know I should have that silence and solitude thing. I've got the Sabbath thing. I've got the knowledge and understanding of what's required. But where the rubber hits the road is getting it from our head into our body. Getting it from our knowledge into our muscle memory. And that, that's hard. And so when we take communion this morning, I, I want us to make a commitment that we're not just going to leave these spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines or spiritual exercises as just a theory we understand, but I want us to make a commitment that these are going to be practices we're going to try to embrace so that we can live at a pace that is far more healthy for our soul, our mind, our relationships, so that we can live a life where we are far more connected to Jesus and responsive to His Spirit. And so why don't we take the, the bread and the juice, which are simply symbols of the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us and the life that we now get to live because of Him, a life that ought not be hurried, a life that ought not be rushed or skimmed over, but a life that is to be enjoyed, a life that is to be present with those around us, a life where He can move powerfully through us in our everyday world. And I want us just to take the bread, take the juice in our own time over the next couple of seconds and just, just be thankful for everything Jesus has done. And let that thankfulness that you have in your mind fall into your body about how you're going to outwork and respond to the gratitude that we all have in our heart for Jesus. So let's just take a moment to reflect and think upon that. God, as we close the service today, we thank you for this content over this last month that we've been going through. These spiritual exercises of silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity and slowness. Lord, as great as they are in our understanding and as nice as they sound, in an ideal world, I pray that 
we would not just leave them as as concepts but we would treat them as practices to embrace uh, and we're not going to hide behind this false sense of it's easy or it's it's great and it's awesome but for some of us it's going to be really tough and quite painful and confronting but I pray that your spirit would sustain us through all these things that the pain we feel would be good pain pain that ultimately is strengthening us growing us maturing us just as, as I'm praying I just was reading this week in, in James chapter 1 verse 2 those first few verses he says count it all joy when you face various trials of different kinds and then he breaks down why we, we should count trials as joyful because when we face trials of various kinds or whatever thing it's different for different people but we all go through stuff that's really tricky for us to process and handle and deal with um, every time we go through a trial James says it produces perseverance or at least an opportunity for us to persevere and and then he goes on to say that perseverance has a plan perseverance has a mission perseverance has a purpose And we only ever complete the mission of perseverance by persevering. And the purpose of perseverance, it says, is to mature us. And so that's the goal. Maturity. Because when you mature, when those various trials come again, you've got the wisdom to know how to better handle it, better deal with it. And so it doesn't cause you the pain the second time around as it maybe did the first. And so we have a chance in, in our trials and in our tribulations and stuff that we face in each and every day. We have an opportunity to resent those things or embrace those things knowing that they're going to lead us to a place of perseverance and perseverance is what develops our character perseverance is what matures us and that's that's the name of the game the name of the game in life is not to live a problem-free life the name of the game is to be mature emotionally spiritually to grow stronger and so that's that's the point of these practices because these practices are going to feel like trials they sound really holy and righteous but they're going to feel like this is really hard but it's going to drive us to a place where we need to persevere and that perseverance if we stand and having done all to stand continue to stand will mature us will strengthen us and in our maturation in our growing we can actually help other people and also help ourselves in the future when we face similar things again so God, I pray through all that, that that would be encouragement to us. God, that we would not be fickle Christians that just are tossed by every wind of doctrine, but we are solid on your word, responsive to your spirit, disciplined in our, in our flesh to live the life you've called us to live. And I thank you for the blessing that lies on the other side of our obedience, on the other side of our perseverance. Lord, would you bless every man, woman, and child here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.